Welcome to this week's episode. My name is Ashton and I'll be your host. Each week we sit down and interview a guest to have an honest conversation about autism, family, treatments, and opportunities for support within the talk community. This week, we have the privilege of being joined by Jana Rosso, a pediatric nurse practitioner out of Austin, Texas, who is both MAPS trained and IFM trained. She has a passion for addressing every illness first through the scope of nutrition and the basic cellular functions of the body, as you're going to soon hear. Jana obtained her bachelor's degree in human development and family sciences from the University of Texas in Austin. She then went on to obtain her nursing degree from the University of Texas and shortly after that began working as a pediatric hematology and oncology acute care registered nurse at the Dell Children's Medical Center. Jana later went back to the University of Texas to obtain her master's degree in nursing and focused on pediatrics. She's board certified as a pediatric nurse practitioner from the Pediatric Nursing Certification Board and she's so passionate about providing holistic health care for children with chronic illnesses through integrative and functional medicine approaches. I met Jana a few years ago and completely fell in love with her heart and passion for the autism community, for her patients, and for her desire to continue learning and contributing to solutions at large. I know that you're going to be encouraged today. You may even learn a few things, and I can guarantee you're going to fall in love with her just as much as I did. So grab your coffee, maybe some tea, or turn up that treadmill, and let's jump into this conversation. Okay, well, Jana, I just want to say thanks, first of all, for joining us today and taking some time out of your busy schedule. Um, would you just take a moment and share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got involved in treating autism? Sure. Thanks for having me, Ashton. Um, so I have, I've always had a passion for working with children pretty much my entire life. I think I was probably around eight years old when I proclaimed that I wanted to be a pediatrician. So it was pretty young that I knew I wanted to work with, with children. And then I, I ended up attending the University of Texas in Austin and obtaining my nursing license. And I began working in the children's hospital treating patients with cancer and other blood disorders. So this is kind of, this is an amazing start to my journey, but I realized quickly that I, I wanted to do more. I wanted to be more independent. So I just continued through the master's program and then obtained my pediatric nurse practitioner certification. Um, I ended up working in primary care for, for several years and I was in a, a really low income clinic. So I saw a lot of patients with chronic illness and um, children with autism and they just weren't getting the nutrition that they needed. So I, I kind of felt like I was always going against the grain working in this clinic. I was the one that was trying to avoid antibiotic use in these children. And I was recommending things like probiotics and suggesting dietary changes. Um, so I, I kind of had this underlying passion for nutrition. So my, my good friend and colleague, Emily Gutierrez, and I kind of got back together after we had been working in primary care for a while. And we started thinking about how we could we could go out on our own to further help children by utilizing nutrition as a foundation and that's kind of when we discovered functional medicine um, so it was from there that i that i found maps and i started going to more conferences 
um, really dealing with children that have autism and underlying chronic illness. And this is when I discovered, you know, more of a biomedical approach to, to treating autism. Um, and Dr. Gutierrez and I, we were able to open up the clinic that we're in now, Neuronutrition Associates, and, and that's how um, we're really starting to see a lot of children with autism and help them get on this path to healing. Wow, that's like a really long way that you went around just from place to place to place and ended up where you are. I know. I, I, I mean, I don't know that anyone can ever say that they know where they're going to be in many years. And I, I never, true. ever saw this in my future. I, I never realized that I would be um, in the functional medicine world and kind of um, approaching things differently from what I was taught in school and, mm. and what I've known growing up. And I think um, it's, it's a huge blessing and it's a challenge in some ways, but I, you know, I feel so grateful to even know this world of functional yeah. medicine and of biomedical healing. Yeah, it's, everybody has a unique story and I think it's always important to realize how um, even practitioners have come to understand biomedical medicine and functional medicine and really taking those approaches. Um, when you're talking to your patient's parents, um, what's one of the first things that you encourage parents who are kind of just coming into everything for them to start looking into as they're starting biomedical treatments? Yeah, so one of the first things that we talk about and in our initial consult is the focus is nutrition and, and diet change um, because we know that, that food is actually information for our bodies. And so we're either giving our bodies useful information or we're giving them, we're giving our bodies confusing chemicals. So a lot of parents that do bring their, their child in have already heard about diet changes or they've been researching it. Some of them have even been implementing that side of things. Um, but then some people aren't aware of how powerful nutrition can be on healing the body. So, you know, based on research, we, we do know that almost 70% of autistic children show improvements on a gluten and casein-free diet. So this initially can be step one for my families, and then also taking it a little bit further and looking into the removal of things like dyes and colors and artificial flavors and MSG, um, even encouraging them to buy organic produce and grass-fed meat. Um, and avoid maybe high histamine foods or high glutamate foods as needed for their children. That is, I hear this all the time that parents will find um, the last thing that you talked about, the removal of dyes, colors, MSG, all of these almost chemical toxins. Um, I talked to a mom a couple of weeks ago who said that even her 21-year-old son who's in college now, still sticks to making sure that none of these things are in his food because he knows what it does to him. Right. And I, I think that it's not just for children that have autism. I mean, this can be applied for children all over the world. You know, these, these foods can be excitotoxic and create, you know, these chemical exchanges in their bodies that just make them hyper. <laughs> so it can be applied for a lot of different children and 
I think we all know how we feel after we go on a sugar binge or on a candy binge. That's true. <laughs> so, um, you know, but these children could, they're a little more sensitive to that even. Yeah. So, okay, when we're talking about neurological health and healing neurological symptoms, um, obviously, you know, you approach things very much starting with nutrition. Um, can you give some tangible, relatable examples for parents of maybe just like some easy things for them to look at that would kind of signal um, even just like, you know, we took out, let's say we took out dyes. Like what are some things that you're going to immediately associate with that? Okay. Like, okay, like, for example, I'm going to cut this out, Jana, but for example, like my mom has no rational understanding that red dye could make my brother hyper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, I think it's, I think it's important to, to say that, you know, nutrition is the underlying basis for so many biochemical processes going on in our bodies. So not only is it supporting our immune system, helping us produce appropriate neurotransmitters and hormones, um, energy, but also it's helping grow healthy bacteria in the intestines and, and produce growth hormones so that our children can thrive. Um, so if if a child does not have the basic nutrient-dense food that they need, the processes that we need to be happening aren't going to be occurring. Mm. And if we're eating foods that are artificial or high inflammatory foods, we can end up having a lot of um, leaky gut symptoms. And this can impair our digestion and our absorption and our detoxification and the way our immune system is responding. So I want, I want parents to keep in mind that the body is not designed to take in foreign chemicals and processed foods, that we were designed to take in real food that has vitamins and, and that the body knows what to do with it, like fruits and vegetables. And obviously that's easier said than done. You know, children are picky. They're picky beings. They want the stuff that tastes good and the, the colorful foods and the ones that they see on commercials. So it can be hard to convince a child to eat otherwise. But, you know, I would say that we see a variety of symptom improvement when removing certain foods like artificial dyes. And it can be anything from a hyperactive child going to more of a focused child. It can be having trouble putting that child to bed at night and it being an easier transition for them because they are, they are not dealing with these chemicals that are exciting their brain. Mm -hmm. But it can also be even simpler in looking at the digestive tract. So, um, you know, you have a child that's constantly having bloating or diarrhea or stomach aches. And so you take out a lot of this processed food and a lot of the dyes and the chemicals and they're not complaining of their stomach hurting anymore and they're having a normal bowel movement. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's unique to each child, but there are, you know, there's a, there's a good set of um, symptoms to look for when you're removing foods. You know, it's also interesting. Um, I hear a lot of times just in everyday world that people will you know, make a change and then they see a change in their digestive tract. They see a change in their attention. They see a change in maybe like brain fog or mm -hmm. whatever the symptom is. And they had no idea that that was not normal. 
Yeah. In fact, I had a patient recent or a parent recently call me and their child is pretty newly diagnosed with autism. And we started at the, the bottom. We started with gluten and casein. And they called and they said, you wouldn't believe the type of brain fog that we've seen seen lifted off of our child. He is starting to look at us. Mm. He's been studying our face like he's never seen us before. And I thought that that was such an amazing observance of theirs because it's true, like this child could have been in his own world and he wasn't able to accurately see his parents and really know who they were, you know, visually know who they were. So it's that type of brain fog that can be lifted when removing some of these foods. Well, you know, we have listeners that are kind of like span the timeline. Some are brand new, jumping in, and have maybe never heard some of the things we've been talking about. But then we have some who are super seasoned, like maybe they would make us nervous if we were in a room with them because they're so smart. Um, But we'll pretend like we're not in the room with them. And um, I wanted to ask, is there anything that maybe you've learned recently that's just new or maybe some research that you've looked at that you're just kind of like starting to share with patients and you're just really excited about? So I did read a new study a few days ago, and it's really pointing to a link between a certain probiotic strain called lactobacillus ruteri and its ability to reverse social behavior deficits and increase oxytocin levels in the brain. So once again, we're kind of looking at this gut-brain connection, and I love focusing in on the gut because you can do so much healing with nutrition, with certain probiotics and anti-inflammatory agents that can then increase our neurocognitive level. Mm. Um, So that was a really interesting study that I read. And I also think just supporting methylation, which some parents are familiar with methylation and what that means. And some parents have never heard of that term. And methylation is the foundation of using nutrients in over 250 biochemical processes in the body to help with things like immune function, energy production, neurotransmitter production, and cell repair. So identifying a patient's genetic weaknesses and helping to support them through additional nutrition or certain supplementation can help them overcome these weaknesses and support all of those processes going on. That is really complex. (laughs) It is. It is. And it's, you know, it's not something that most people understand right off the bat. And I think every day new research is coming out to change some of the things that we do understand about it. So mm-hmm. um, it's ever changing, but it's a huge piece of the puzzle for a lot of these children. Maybe in the show notes, we'll put a PDF of the Krebs cycle for everybody to download. People <laughs> <laughs> um, love that. <laughs> It's really complicated uh, and it's really hard to understand, which is why it's so important to find a practitioner in your area who can really help guide you through the process. Um, And we'll put some links for you guys to be able to find somebody in your area that you can kind of uh, connect with or even like some local Taka chapters who can kind of direct you to practitioners in, in your area that they've found to be really helpful and encouraging through the process. Um, Just two more really good 
easy questions for you uh, before we wrap up here, but what are two resources that you encourage every parent um, that comes in your office to look into? Well, I really, I really like the TACA website, actually. I am in love with their recipe link because Ooh. it links over to their Pinterest page that shows a lot of different recipes for parents who are starting out on this gluten-free, casein-free journey. Um, and I, I just find that so helpful for them because they need, they need recipes. They need help in the kitchen figuring out what they're going to cook their child. Um, and I also like their link on things to avoid for autistic children. So that's on the TACA page too. Yeah, another website is the National Autism Resources website. And it has a lot of different therapeutic products to help children who have oral motor stimulation needs. They have therapy swings and weighted products and even helpful mm -hmm. books. So I find that that can be a good adjunct um, to their therapy that they're receiving already. And then when it comes to like therapies, treatments, tests, uh, other modalities that you really like to use, what is one that right now you are kind of like finding yourself going back to over and over and over again? There's a couple of things that I really lean on. Um, one being using more B12 injections, really since mm -hmm. attending MAPS conferences, um, you know, I was hesitant to utilize that option because it sounds a little scary. It can be scary for parents, but I really have seen more improvements versus using topical B12 or sublingual B12 in children who can't hold that sublingual under their tongue. And I feel that it gives the direct, you know, B12 straight into the bloodstream. So we've seen a lot of speech improvements and social interaction improvements in patients who have utilized those treatments. Um, the other, we recently got a new test in, and it's called Genomics, and it looks at genetic methylation markers. Um, it's really nice because instead of needing a saliva sample, you're able to just swab the child in the clinic, and it seems a lot easier for children who um, have trouble spitting in a tube, so they're a little bit younger, and then it's just a lot faster. So... We've been that using that test a lot to look at methylation. Okay. And who, do you know who makes that test, just in case parents want to go into their practitioner and request it? Yeah, Neurobiologics. It's a subset of Neurobiologics. Um, and they, you know, we have the test here at our office as well, but they can order okay. it online if, you know, they're not in our area. Okay, cool. And I think on their website, too, they're – there is a map of providers that offer the test. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well, just for people to be able to kind of uh, navigate that. Because um, that does sound a lot easier than having to do a saliva test for 24 hours. Yeah, and the 23andMe test is a good option for some people, but not for younger children who can't actually submit that much saliva. So, yeah, yeah. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on today before we say goodbye? Um, you know, I was trying to think of additional things, and I feel like 
your questions were really great. So I don't know that I had anything specific to add, except that I just, I feel it's so important for parents to really connect with other parents that are going through what they're going through with their child who has autism and get that support in the community. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, they need that. They need to know that they're not alone and that they're not battling the gluten-free, casein-free diet on their own or other tests or new um things that we're trying to implement, that they're not alone in that. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's just, it's a hard journey and you have to, I heard one parent talk about like having a team mm-hmm. and your practitioner is kind of like your quarterback, but you have to have other members on the field, like mm-hmm. who are helping um, along the way. And so each player, each person is important and valuable. So finding that those, those team members, is incredibly important. You know, sometimes that can even be done in the context of social media for families who might be outside of a network or a tight-knit community. Yeah, like um, I think biomedical, recovering biomedical is one of the big ones. And I I honestly just got on there to be on there so that I could see all of the, the little things that people are trying. Because half the time, you know, when we first started the clinic, um, patients would walk in and parents would walk in and say, oh, I'm doing X, Y, Z. And I was just staring at them like, what is that? <laughs> what are you doing? And, um, and so I got on this group and I realized, okay, there are some things that maybe are out of the norm or they're just not very heavily researched that people are trying. And it's good to know about those things, right? It is so good. Yeah. And, and like, for the like with the social media groups, you can kind of choose what you're digesting and when mm-hmm. and how and what you're engaging with. Right. Uh, yeah, I think, and and it seems like most people nowadays are connected to social media somehow, either Twitter, Facebook, and yeah. I found. I mean, there's a ton of autism support groups on Facebook that you can join, and I think, I mean. Above it being informative, it's really supportive because a lot of parents are like, hey, guess what my child did today? And they haven't, mm. they, they said this word and they haven't talked or they haven't, I don't know, they just really uplift. They bring a lot of uplifting stories to social media groups. So, yeah, you know, it's just so important to create that community and to have that team around you, regardless of if they're right next door or. 3,000 miles away in another state. Um, Well, thanks for taking time today, Jana, to talk with us and just share some of your insight and your wisdom uh, for new parents, old parents, older parents, seasoned parents, we'll say. Um, And uh, if you are ever in the Austin area, you must go check out the uh, clinic, Neuronutrition Associates. And uh, if you are in Texas and you need some uh, good, a, a good practitioner or a good office to go to, um, this is certainly one. And so we just want to say thank you for um, sharing and for taking time out of your day. And we hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you so much, Ashton. Have a great day. Y'all, 
Let me just tell you, this was our first professional interview and I completely value the relatability and honesty with which Jana shared her wisdom and her story. I was so grateful to hear that even a practitioner valued community and how refreshing to be reminded ourselves that we are all learning from one another together along the journey. If you'd like to learn more about Jana or the clinic in Austin, just visit neuronutritionassociates.com. Also, Jana encouraged parents to connect to several different resources that we'll put in the show notes on takanowblog.com. And I may have even included a Krebs cycle chart just for kicks. Well, thanks for joining us this week. We hope the podcast has encouraged you and put tools in your hand for your journey. Don't forget, make sure you subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And if you get a chance, leave a review. It helps other parents be able to find us easily. Well, until next time, take care, friends, and we'll chat again soon.